0: guys, Kira here. Not that Kira, the other Kira. Anyway, just wanted to give you a quick heads up that we had some technical difficulties during this show, so that's why it sounds like sometimes I'm talking to you over the phone, and sometimes I'm talking to you through a tin can. Isn't technology fun? Anyway, the good news is that this will probably be the last episode where we have to do this whole phone into the studio thing, and from now on our sound quality will be way better, because you guys are awesome and you deserve the best. Okay, on with the show.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Kira Klingenberg. And I'm Kira Lindenberg. Thanks for tuning in to Everything
0: is Interesting X-Ray's Science Show. (laughs) We're here in studio with our friend Emily Gilliland, where we're all still recovering from our post-Thanksgiving food hangovers.
2: Nothing has ever been said that is more true. (laughs) I agree. Well, all that food really made us start thinking about science. Oh, come on. What doesn't make you two think about science? Mm, Pretty (laughs) taken.
0: She's on to us.
3: (laughs) Pretty
2: much
0: everything does. You got us figured out. Well, anyway, food science is the topic of today's episode. We've all come across tough and bitter vegetables and flavorless
1: mealy fruits. No matter how dedicated you are to getting all your vitamins, you just don't want to eat unappetizing produce.
0: But fear not, science is on your side. There are pretty easy ways to alter the physical and chemical properties of these plants to make them fit for the table.
1: But rather than talk about food, we thought it'd be way more fun to talk with it.
2: Okay, well, hold up. This is a new one. You guys found talking fruits and vegetables? (laughs) Oh my gosh, breaking news.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The power of science. (laughs) I'm not surprised.
2: You two can do anything. (laughs) you
0: such a compliment so not only did we find talking fruits and vegetables we found them right here in the x-ray studio isn't that some luck so the stars of our show today are two popular foods on the portland cooking scene the kale and the tomato despite being so popular both
1: these foods are feeling a little unattractive right now so on today's show we'll be giving them some scientific tips on how they can change i know i know real corny Ah, ha, ha. Good pun. Nice. Yeah, and it's not the last. By the way, if you happen to catch all our terrible puns, send us an email at everythingisinteresting.org and we'll announce your name on
0: the next show. So, Emily, who do we have up first?
2: I believe we have Raw Kale in the studio with us today, one of my absolute favorites. I actually used to be on the National Advisory Board of National Kale Day. Ooh. It's in October. Kale fan. <laughs> it's in October. Check it out. That's- Amazing. And Kale just wants to be liked for who it really is. Underneath all that coconut oil and nutritional yeast that you folks put on it to make it palpable.
1: palpable. (laughs) All right, Kale, go ahead. Let us help
4: you. Hey, guys. I'm Kale. I'm not a lettuce, by the way. I'm more closely related to a cabbage, but no big deal. So my issue is, well... (sighs) I'm, like, super popular here in Portland, thanks to celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow for talking me up. Uh, I just fly right off the grocery store shelves. But even though everyone says they love me, I get this feeling that people really don't like me for me. Like, I'm only fun after I'm cooked a little. When I try to come to Meals Raw, it's just awkward. I've overheard people saying I'm bitter, which I guess is kind of true. But worse yet, the teeth at Mouth Club wouldn't let me in uncooked because they said my cell walls are too thick. But you wouldn't put up thick walls if everyone was trying to eat you all the time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, how do I get people to like the real raw me?
0: Well, Kale, it sounds like you're going through some tough stuff, but your popularity is not superficial. You've got a lot going for you. Here's Emily to drop a little Kale knowledge.
2: Here we go. Kale is one of the most nutritious vegetables you can eat. It's got more vitamin C than an orange, plus vitamins A, B, and K, omega-3s, and a heap of minerals, all essential for keeping your brain and body healthy. Eat one cup of kale, and you get three grams of protein, 2.5 grams of fiber, and nutrients like lutein that can prevent cataracts.
1: You've been waiting like your whole life to get to to, like push Kale on the air. Oh my gosh. You're like, this is my favorite day. (laughs) This is my moment. All right, Kale, but here's the real conundrum these same things that make you so nutritious are also the things that make you taste terrible when raw.
0: Yeah. Kale leaves are tough and difficult to eat for a few reasons. The first is this waxy coating, which is called a cuticle. It's what causes water to bead up and roll right off the leaves, protecting them from water damage, but it also makes kale really chewy.
1: The leaves are also tough because they contain a surplus of fiber in the form of cellulose. These extremely strong chains of glucose are the main components of plants' cell walls.
0: The strength and rigidity of cellulose is what allows trees to stand hundreds of feet tall without flopping over under their own weight. It's tough stuff.
1: And human bodies don't break down cellulose fiber the same way they break down proteins and sugars. So all that fiber is able to perform a slew of beneficial functions.
0: Like regulating our digestive systems, slowing the absorption of sugars into our bloodstreams, lowering bad cholesterol levels, and possibly preventing colorectal cancer. And kale
1: is also really
0: bitter-tasting.
1: But that's a side effect of its incredible cancer-fighting compound called
0: isothiocyanate. According to researchers at Oregon State University, when eaten, isothiocyanates trigger a release of the human body's own antioxidant enzymes.
1: Isothiocyanates help the body dispose of drugs, toxins, and carcinogens, meaning they're the molecules that make kale such a valuable food to us humans. So what do you think of all that, kale? Well,
4: it makes me feel a little better about myself, but I don't think it'll be enough to convince people to
1: really like
4: me. Nutritional value just isn't enough for vegetables like me that are tough to chew and not very tasty.
1: Ah, well lucky for you, Kale, there are methods for overcoming your chewy, bitter ways. First off, let's deal with that cuticle. As it turns out, it's oil-soluble, so soaking kale in some oil-based dressing for a while will help break the coating down and also make it tasty. This won't totally solve the problem, though, because there's still all the tough cellulose fiber to get through. Luckily, there's an easy solution, You just gotta give the leaves a thorough massage. Like, really beat the crap out of them.
0: This physically breaks down the cellulose fibers, making the leaves softer and more pliable. But of course, everything comes with a price.
1: Breaking open the cell walls releases way more of those isothiocyanates, the things that give kale that bitter taste.
0: That's because isothiocyanates are made from two other chemicals, glucosinolate, and myrosinase, when they react together. They normally live in separate compartments within kale cells, but when you smash and bash the cells, glucosinolate and myrosinase come in contact.
1: It sounds like a weird system, but it's a great natural defense mechanism against grazing herbivores. I mean, as soon as they start chewing on you, you start tasting awful. No one wants to eat you.
2: I want to say isothiocyanates. Isothiocyanates. (laughs) Okay, so now the kale is less tough, but... Extra bitter. What's, what's a kale to do? Well, according to Dan so- Souza and Molly
1: Bernbaum, authors of the book Cook's Science, there's a simple way to deal with the bitter taste. Just give your kale a nice long bath, but only after you chop and massage it.
0: The bitter molecules will be released from the cells, and then you can rinse them right off. Easy peasy.
2: But doesn't that also wash away all the cancer-fighting goodness?
0: Actually, no. There will
1: still be glucosinolate left within the kale leaves.
0: And myrosinase, the other chemical necessary to make the bitter, cancer-fighting compound, is produced by the bacteria in our very own guts.
1: So even if you rinse off the existing isothiocyanates, its two ingredients can still come together in our bellies. But this way, we don't have to taste them.
2: All right, let's move right along. Sure. Next up, we have a sad, unripe tomato that's struggling to find purpose in life.
1: Hello, tomato. Long time no talk. So glad we get to catch up.
3: Hey, Kira and Kira. Tomato here. What I was hoping you can help me with is, uh, well, I'm sad. I'm green, you see. Mm. Unripe. Ew. Flavorless. Ah. And unless I get breaded and fried, nobody wants to put me in their meals right now. I'm just <laughs> bland. Uh, I need purpose. I just want to be loved. And I heard that ripening might be an option. But uh, how do I make that happen?
0: Ugh, you poor thing. Well, first off, tomato, don't get down on yourself. Fruits like you do have a very important purpose. Very important purpose.
2: Yeah, like all fruits, tomatoes are the essential players in its plant's procreation. Each fruit contains hundreds of seeds. If eaten by an animal, the animal gets a tasty fruit snack, and it also unknowingly assumes the role of seed dispersal machine. Once in its belly, the animal will carry the seeds of the tomato plant far away from its original home, eventually depositing them back on the ground in a big pile of fertilizer. Mmm, fertilizer.
3: So, what you're saying is my purpose is to get eaten, so how come nobody wants to eat me?
1: Good question. Well, it's because you're not ready yet. You're green, and you're young, tomato, and your seeds are underdeveloped. Most tomatoes your age make lots of chemical compounds like tannins and alkaloids to make themselves bitter and to ward off any potential snackers. So what you really need is a little more time. Let nature run its course, and you will ripen, eventually, into a tasty, seed-dispersing, animal-enticing
3: fruit. Oh, so you mean there's no hope for me yet.
1: No, no, there is hope. There is hope. But tomato, we gotta say, ripening means going through some serious physical and hormonal changes, and it's best you know what you're in for. So the most obvious sign of a ripe tomato is a deepening red or yellow color. This is a bright and obvious signal to animals that the seeds are mature and that the fruit is ready to eat. Enzymes within the tomato fruit drive this change. Many of the cells in a young, unripe tomato still contain the green-tinted chemical chlorophyll, which is the key component in photosynthesis, everybody's favorite, or at least mine. It allows the young fruit to create energy from sunlight to ensure their seeds grow quickly and properly. It's enough to make me green with envy. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) But once the seeds are finished, the fruit no longer needs to make energy. So enzymes rush in to help break down green-tinted chlorophyll and its protective coating. Now, the tomato's secondary red or yellow pigments, which have been there all along, are able to shine through. And as the tomato continues to ripen, it also gets a smell upgrade. Other enzymes come along to chemically change some of its amino and fatty acids into airborne molecules that fit right into our smell receptors. It's like the tomato is sending a dinner invitation straight to our
0: noses. The tomato will begin to change taste and texture.
1: An underripe fruit is rather hard for any animal to bite into, thanks to long chain molecules called starches, which are very similar to the structure giving cellulose we mentioned earlier when talking about kale.
0: Both starch and cellulose are made of glucose molecules, otherwise known as tasty, tasty sugar. As the tomato ripens, enzymes called amylases break down the glucose and the fruit becomes much sweeter.
1: Other enzymes called pectinases start to soften the flesh of the tomato, making it much easier to chew. True to their name, these enzymes break down a substance called pectin, which forms a rigid matrix connecting all the cells of the tomato.
0: Pectinases allow the cells to move about more freely. The result? A tomato with far more squish to it.
1: Squish.
3: Great, but uh, it all takes time. What if I don't want to wait? I'm tired of feeling so sad. I want to ripen right now.
1: Fair enough. Okay, tomato. If you're feeling impatient, a gas called ethylene is going to help.
0: Ethylene is an odorless, colorless gas known to regulate the speed of a plant's growth and development.
1: It acts as a hormone, delivering the message to a tomato's body that it should release all the enzymes to make it
0: ripen and ripen fast.
3: Now that's what I want. Where can I get some?
0: As it turns out, you make your own ethylene, Mr. Tomato, but you can also acquire it from other ripening fruits, bananas being the prime example. You want to tell us about it, Emily? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely to achieve peak ripeness and become more appealing, tomato cozy up to a banana inside a paper bag. The ethylene produced and expelled by the ripening banana will fit perfectly into your own ethylene receptors, hastening the breakdown of your sugars and synthesis of your aromatic particles. Adding a warm environment hastens this process. You'll breathe more easily, and the faster you breathe, the faster you ripen. All right, tomato, and hey, kale, you too for
1: that matter, we've got one overarching piece of advice for you both. If you want to bring out your full flavor, salt is your best friend. It's going to take you to new heights. You're really going to shake things up.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's true for a lot of food, isn't it? What is it about salt that makes things taste so good?
0: Well, if you're asking me personally, it's that salt is the super most amazing best spice ever, and I love it. But scientifically, it's that our taste buds developed a particular affinity for the stuff thousands of years ago.
1: It's widely thought that our ability as humans to detect salt came about because of a need for plant-eating organisms to find and consume sodium. Sodium is an element essential to many of our physiological processes, and our bodies don't really have the ability to store large quantities of it.
0: It's also not particularly prevalent in available food sources, unless, of course, you live in the sea. So, liking salt may have inspired our ancestors to go out and find the sources of sodium they needed.
1: Of course... In today's modern world, we have plenty of access to plenty of salt. But our brains haven't stopped perceiving salt as a positive and pleasant thing.
0: See, the full flavor of a food depends not only on which of the five basic taste sensations our taste buds pick up, but also on the food's texture and aroma. Salt can improve our total perception of the food it's added to, softening a food's texture, suppressing bitter and sour qualities, and masking metallic tinges.
1: It can also stimulate our salivary glands, and saliva helps to distribute a food's flavor throughout our mouths, allowing them to access more taste buds and send more taste signals to our brains.
0: It's also thought that salt makes other flavors in food more potent. Thanks to osmosis, the addition of salt draws water out of foods, increasing the concentration of the flavor molecules within the food.
2: Ah, so that's why when you make a cucumber tomato salad with salt on it, a pool of liquid forms at the bottom of the bowl.
1: Uh, yeah, good God, what kind of lunatic makes a cucumber tomato salad with no salt? (laughs) But you're right, you're right. Salt water draws, or salt draws water out of those fruits, and you sort of get a lovely soup at the bottom of your salad.
0: So go salt yourself, tomato, and you try it out too, Kale. You can break
1: apart those tough cell walls and wash away the bitterness.
0: You can let yourself ripen to peak flavor.
1: But fruits and vegetables of the world get salted and get happy
0: yeah salt woohoo it's my favorite we love salt but not too much salt
1: no oh oh salt makes food better but only up to a point we're all familiar with that optimal level of salt and it actually has a name it's called the bliss point i know it's so appropriate (laughs) Bliss point go over the bliss point and the salt taste overwhelms all the other flavors of your food and your whole meal becomes just gross, gross
2: This is why you don't ever, ever play that awful trick of unscrewing the salt shaker lid on anyone you really love.
1: No. Never. Never. Too many wasted hash browns. Too many ruined bowls of chicken soup. Not worth it.
0: Yeah. You want to ruin a friendship forever? That's the way. Unscrew a salt lid.
1: Yeah, right? Ruin friendships. Don't don't do that. Don't go out there and do that. I hate it when people
4: assault my
0: dinner. Yeah, good one, Amalia. Was that a food time? <laughs> I'm giving them away.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And thank you to Amalia and to Shonsei and to Emily for coming with us on this educational, if anthropomorphic, adventure.
1: And many thanks to our editor, Sam Underwood. Our show would not be what it is without you.
0: We also really appreciate the people in our community that helped make this show successful. This week, our shout-out goes to Matt at the Selwood Kinkos, our guardian angel of all things printed.
1: Thanks also to DJ DNA for curating the music you heard on today's show. All songs are from the program 140 of San Remo 1985, which plays here on X-Ray every Tuesday night at 10 p.m.
0: If you'd like to re-listen to any of our old episodes or, you know, send a copy of this one to your friend who just, like, doesn't believe that Kale can ever really change, you can find Everything is Interesting on iTunes, Android, and Google, pretty much wherever podcasts live.
1: Or if you're in a hurry to listen, or if you want to send us that email with all those bad puns you found in today's show, head straight to our website, everythingisinteresting.org, where you can find all of our episodes.
0: We'll see you guys again in two weeks, Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. for another episode of Everything is Interesting. Right here
1: on X-Ray, where radio is yours.